Jimmy Collins, the Morning Skate Podcast. Let's go Rangers, Pop Van sucks. Fatso forgot to shake my hand. Uh, Tom Wilson, first of all, I'd love to have a time machine because I would go back in time. I wouldn't go after Wilson, okay? Hopefully, all the boys would say, you know what? We'll cover the fine. I would dump the puck in slowly so that Braden Holtby or whoever the goaltender was for the Capitals had to come out and play the puck. And I would run through him like a fucking bulldozer. And that would send a message. That would let the Washington Capitals know that there's repercussions. When you take out our star player, you're going to feel it. It's as simple as that. You don't wait for the NHL player safety, George Peros, to do your uh, disciplinary work. You take it into your own hands, you bring it back old school, and you handle your business. And they will think twice. Tom Wilson will think twice the next time he wants to take a shot at Panarin or Mika or Lafreniere. It's very simple. It's very simple. Once again, I love that time machine. Uh, keep doing the, the good stuff there, Jimmy Collins. The Morning Skate Podcast. Let's go Rangers. Pop fan sucks. Fatso forgot to shake my hand. I'll see you soon. All right, guys, we are back with an emergency podcast, the State of the New York Rangers. We were going to do this last night. I think Hal got a little tired, which I respect. It's fine. Uh, the Rangers played the Bruins tonight. Essentially, if the Rangers won, we weren't going to do this. Thank God the Bruins won for nothing. So Hal is here. Billy Joel's jersey is in the rafters. How's it going, Hal? It's good, bro. You told me. Uh, really, the, the reason we're doing this podcast is because you just said you needed a platform. Uh, I need a platform. So here's your platform. Excited to do this. Excited to talk about the Rangers. Shout out Sean Avery. Uh, also, shout out to you. I was thinking about this. At first, I was like, damn, like, sick that we got the Sean Avery thing, but kind of sucks that it was a cameo. And then I was thinking about it. That's just marketing 101. Like, think about the amount of advertise advertisement you just got out of that cameo. Uh, that's business development. Shout out Dale. Yeah, to be completely honest with you, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I was fucked up and I'm like, you know, it was right after uh, Tom Wilson abused Artemi Panarin. And for some reason, the first thought in my mind is what would Sean Avery do? So I hopped on Cameo and I was like, it's 70 bucks. Who cares? I'll be completely honest with you. I did this and like it was more or less for me. <laughs> like it, <laughs> I was going to share it, but I didn't expect it to blow up. Uh, I think right now it has like 200,000 views which is kind of sick. Golf Digest picked it up of all places. Uh, Rick DiPietro was talking about it on his radio show. He didn't give his credit, though, but if you want to come on, Rick, you're more than welcome. The fact but, that you're the first person I know to be on Golf Digest is probably the biggest upset in the world because I would not oh describe you God, as a right? I know. Insane. I, it was weird. Like I, I Googled Sean Avery, and the news button popped up, and it was a picture of his cameo. It was Golf Digest. I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Sean for doing that. I'm definitely going to hit him up again. We're going to see if we can get that guy in the podcast. He's great. Um, do you want to break down what he said, or do you want to break down the incident first? Yeah, I think, we just, I think we're just going to start from the beginning. We'll just kind of do this like a timeline, uh, pick a kid's brain a little bit, and, of course, when he gets out of hand, I will reel him in. Uh, so, I mean, let's talk about it. I, I don't know. Uh, what was it? Monday night, Tom Wilson, right? I, do you want to just take it right over? Describe the incident for the fans. Uh, the boys are on a power play, and right now, uh, Troub is out of the lineup. I, I mean, th th there's tons of people on the lineup. Not that he would be on power play one anyway, but uh, <laughs> the, the Rangers out there, it was Ryan Strom, Pavel Buchnevich, or Tammy Panarin, Mika Zbanejad, Adam Fox. Uh, the Killers, it was Tom Wilson. Brendan Dillon was out there. Uh, I, I forget the two other people, but essentially what happened is there was a play play in front of the net. Buchnevich was by the goalie. He didn't like hit the goalie at all. I think he kind of got like knocked over. Tom Wilson comes up and his stick is underneath like like his uh his chin. So like his stick's wrapped around his neck, and he punches him in the back of the head. Strom comes over and grabs Wilson, and like at that point, it still just would have been kind of like a minor like scrum, but. All the Capitals jump in. Strom's getting tossed. Uh, Bucinavich is in there, whatever. So t Wilson's on top of Strom. Panarin sees that. Panarin comes on, jumps on his back. <laughs> that was not to stop you, but that might have been my favorite moment was just the fucking – it was like Panarin jumped on the back, and I feel like you could definitely see it click in his mind. 
Like, what the hell did I just do? We'll continue. Well, okay, so here's the thing, though, is, I mean, I'll stop now and I'll break down that part of the play. I think that you see these type of plays in the NHL quite often where, like, a Sidney Crosby or, like, a Nate McKinnon or, like, a, an elite-level player, Patrice Bergeron, when, when there's, a, like, a scrap, something along those lines going on, those guys kind of step in, and when they step in and kind of grab the person who's doing it, they, they recognize who it is, and they're like, okay, like, time to reel it in is, like, what you would say. Tom Wilson recognizes this as Artemi Panarin and fucking loses his shit. He rips his helmet off. The thing that pissed me off the most is he grabbed him by the hair. He's a hair puller. Who was it? Was it Craig Adams pulled Scott Hartnell's hair in the playoffs there a couple years ago? And Pierre Maguire was like freaking out about it, like in between the benches. Do you remember that? I don't, I, I don't think I remember that, but I mean, that's. I didn't re- remember that part. That's a tough look for the Capitals because now update update the records that they have a hair puller and a spitter. So yeah, so they're just coming halfway. And let me let me also break it down before like whenever you and I talk about Tom Wilson on the podcast, normally it's like you know like he crossed the line, but like every team would want him. He plays hard. He's fucking fast. And dude, nobody wants a piece of him really. I mean, like the heavyweight type people do, but how many heavyweights are there in the NHL right now? You know what I mean? So. Um, so this happens. Wilson goes to the box. I think he got like a 10 minute misconduct. So he ended up playing the third period, but what ended up happening was, is he was still in the penalty box with like, I think there was 14 minutes around there left to go in the period. Brendan Smith has the puck and he goes to go D to D and literally just gives it to the sprong kid and the sprong kid scores. And then they put the video camera on Smitty for the next two minutes and he just doesn't look up. Like it was the most egregious turn. It was a Brendan Smith turnover. That's why we love him. He's endearing. He makes mistakes. Um, The rest of the game goes on and it's insane, dude. Like it's nuts. And actually we, we have a clip right now that I can, I can, uh, I can play if Steve Alicat kind of getting into it. You want me to play that? Let's hear it. Something because it can't be reactive after somebody is seriously injured. And hopefully Panarin's okay, and Bushnevich was okay. We know that. But he has a stick wrapped around his neck, and he's punching him from behind. He's defenseless. Now, this is where the Rangers are trying to help the health of one of their teammates. But then you've got Panarin here with his helmet off, and he's getting ragdolled by a guy that's got 100 pounds on him. And then he acts like that, you know? And look... I was texting with Colt Knorr, and I was like, Orzy, we need you on Wednesday, man. Um, and <laughs> seriously, this is what he says back. He goes, Wilson would not go near me when I played against him. Now he's a hero with nobody to answer to, right? That's Colt Knorr. Wilson would not have done anything of what she did out there if Colt Knorr was on the ice, on the bench, or in the press box. If he was anywhere near the NHL right now, he wouldn't have done anything. That's what... On a night that we're celebrating hockey is for everybody, you know what it's not for? It's not for bullies. It's not. You know, and that's, be, that's bully behavior that's also dangerous and senseless. So for every reason, this guy has to sit down again and try and get rehabilitation. If there's one encouragement. So that's what Valley had to end up saying about it. And like, it a lot to unpack there. Uh, yeah. So I got a couple bullet points for you. I'll run by. One of my favorite quotes in that is, you know, hockey, it's not for bullies. You know, that's bully behavior. Do you think Tom Wilson is a bully? <laughs> I hate you. Um, <laughs> I hate you. And, and that point, yeah, I think so. And what's kind of weird is, like, <laughs> I think I think Patrick Sharp even said it. Like, other – like, Valicat wasn't the only one kind of throwing that word around. I hate hearing that word. But that was Tom Wilson knowing that nobody on the ice is going to do anything. He's going to go nuts to a guy that – he's a foot taller and like 50 pounds heavier than, and tried to like slam his head on the ice. Like that's insane to me. It's insane yeah. to me. hundred percent. My second thing, uh, I like Val Kett's quote. And then he acts like that. And it showed the video of him flexing in the penalty box. Again, as a Rangers fan, do you remember, was there a lot of anger in you when you saw Tom Wilson, like fucking jacked up in the penalty box? No, I thought he looked like a clown. I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Like he, he just, he like, I feel like he just made a mockery of himself. Like it wasn't even like one of those cool things. Like, like, you know, sometimes a guy gets tough and he fucking goes crazy and you're like, wow, that guy's kind of cool. Like he just looked like an idiot. And I think everybody thought he looked like an idiot. It, it was in, in, in uh, last night's game. Rooney kind of did the same thing to him. They both end up getting 10 minutes comics, but like, we'll I just, I don't know. Uh, and then of course, Valakad, I love how we got Colton Orr on the phone. 
Uh, did you have any takeaway about him saying Colt Nor? Colt Nor basically saying that Wilson didn't want anything to do with him. Like, doesn't surprise me. Like, personally, I I told you this after after uh, the incident. I went on hockey fights. And I watched pretty much every single Tom Wilson fight all the way back to the OHL, and his fight card really isn't that impressive. Like, sure, he has the occasional heavyweight, but if you really look when the NHL was tough, like he fought like he's fought like the Shen brothers. You know what I mean? Like he never fought really the toughest of the tough until like it was Revo in the league and those guys. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought it, it Cole Nor is such a hard O to me and I probably shouldn't say that, but Cole Nor is right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent dude. There's, there's actually this one picture on, on Twitter, like after this happened and it was Wilson ragdolling Panarin and then it was Wilson on the ice and like Matt Martin standing over him and Wilson being like, no, I don't want it. Like yeah. that. And dude, honestly, to like even like lessen that point in today's NHL, you to handle Tom Wilson, you don't even need Colton Norris. Like you don't. Like you need, you need yeah, Smitties. You just need a couple Smitties, like more than one. Well, the th- the thing is, is like when they play the Islanders, I talked to Joey Diamond earlier today, and we were like kind of talking about it. And he's like, normally when that happens, like Matt Martin is with Chara, and Anders Lee fights Tom Wilson. So it'd be more or less like a Chris Kreider type player, but like Kreider wasn't there. But like, I I, I don't know. It, I just can't believe he did it to a Panarin. And here's a, here's a question for you: If that was done to like Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, would things have been different? I think they do, and I hate pulling that card because when people say that, it pisses me off. But like, could you imagine if that was Sidney Crosby? I don't like, know. Man. Could you imagine if that was Sidney Crosby without a helmet on? Maybe if, maybe if, maybe if Mario, maybe if Mario got pissed about it, I think the outcome would have been different. But like Panarin's. The star player on the New York Rangers, dude. The yeah. New York Rangers are no slouch. Like that was what was kind of crazy in me. Like if this was Clayton Keller and it was a Coyotes game, like, like does anyone even hear it? Like you know what yeah. I mean. But I think the fact that it was Panarin elevated it a ton, and like it became a point where like people who do not watch hockey were interested in it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I it just I thought it was I, 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 I thought it was absolute chicken shit type stuff. That's all it was. That wasn't being tough. Like that was, and it, it just pisses me off dude. because the, the hockey isn't the way it was where everybody had an enforcer and shit like that. But like Val kept, it's right. And you even said he was right. If Colin Orr was on the Rangers, I don't think he would have been doing that. And like, there's so many people that fucking hate enforcers and they're like, like even like the Brandon Carlo thing, they're like, Oh, well they had Kevin Miller on the bench. And like, just saying like, these guys are still going to continue to do things. I think like hits type stuff like that, like hockey plays. I think shit like that. That wasn't a hockey play, dude. Like that was him being a fuck. Like that entire thing happened because of him. Yeah. No, I I agree with that completely. I thought it was funny. What this is kind of off top topic, but John Scott basically was saying how like how like Wilson picked on a little player and like that's like messed oh, yeah. up and stuff like that. <laughs> like, bro, do you remember the Phil the Thrill Kessel incident, dude? Like. You were trying to kill Phil Kessel, and he was swinging his stick for his fucking life, bro. He almost he almost took Phil Kessel from us, and then he wants to talk about bullying. Yeah, dude, I thought it was kind of wild, and like you, it, people were like quote tweeting and be like, "John Scott should be Department of Player Safety," and it's like, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it's cool that John Scott recognized that, but like talking about calling was it calling the kettle black? Is that the expression? Not even gonna try. Uh, watching back that video too, and I don't know if you have any other small takeaways from the scrum itself, but I thought something that was really funny is I never really noticed before how limp Buchnevich went. He just went dead weight on him. It kind of uh, looked like he was like seriously hurt, not fucking around. Like I clearly he wasn't because he pops up, but like at that point he was limp as fuck. Yeah, like that could have been who? Who did Sean Thornton like? Kind of like Zorpic. Yeah, dude, he was knocked out cold. Do you remember that? That wasn't even like a big punch. Bro, so, so that like, was happen. So, and I know it was a little bit different because all Thornton did was throw a punch, but I actually thought it was kind of a similar event. The only opposite thing was that Thornton hurt the guy and Thornton did get suspended. But like right. if you look at what Tom Wilson did compared to Sean Thornton, what was that? Like six, seven, eight yeah, years Thornton. ago that that happened? Yeah. He got suspended for that like seven years ago. Yeah. And like I mean, I know that guy got injured, but if you look at the tapes, like Thornton's was more of a fluke thing compared to like Wilson. Wilson's act, but uh, it's just a gutty thing. The Panarin thing was gutty, and the punch to somebody who has a stick wrapped around their neck. Like, think about it. Think about it physically. You have a stick up against your throat, and somebody punches you in the back of the neck. Like, your throat is going down on the stick. 
Like that's there's no need for that. Like give him a face wash, like give him a wet willy. That's fine. But like, that's just scumbag behavior. Scumbag behavior. I'm happy that we have this platform for you, dude. Anything else before I move on? Uh, kudos to Ryan Strom and kudos to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich, when he saw the Panarin thing going on, he fucking lost his shit. Strom was trying to fight off three different people. Shocking Adam Fox was in the corner, squared up with somebody, and Mika Zibanejad was just kind of standing there. Biggest guy on the ice, just kind of. And the people that tell me, oh, well, Mika has head issues, you just saw your best player get fucking thrown on the ice without a helmet on. I don't care about head issues. You're the biggest dude on the fucking ice. Why is why is five foot ten Artemi Panarin jumping on the back of Tom Wilson when you have a six three Mika Zibanejad? Well, he could at least just grab somebody. I don't think someone would sucker him in the face. He like grabbed somebody, but there was never like it didn't really seem like there was no urgency to like get into the pile. Weren't you guys on the power play too? But it's yeah, it like you were outmanned in the scrum. <laughs> well, we had Tom Wilson and Brendan Dillon on the ice. I guess, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't, I don't know if you want to throw it up. Uh, everyone knows we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. One of my favorite moments as a Bruins fan was when Tim Schaller went in between the legs on somebody, uh, and the Bruins beat the Rangers five to one, and then the Rangers went on Facebook and had this long post about how they're about to rebuild and they blew it all up. And here we are now, and now it seems like they're back on their Facebook away message uh, tour. Yeah, they came out with a statement, and I don't have the statement in front of me. I probably should have. I'm um, going to read it. I'll read it then, dude. I'm here. I'm prepared. I took a couple screenshots. Um, I thought you were going to pull it up, honestly, but I didn't. Oh. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions cause an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing the rest of the season. We view this as a derelictition. Yeah, weird word. Like why that, that that's like when Bizdev does this. Sometimes he'll just like look up a big word in the th- thesaurus and just throw it in an email. I respect it. I just it's a pretentious thing to do. Very crass because I almost made this through flawlessly. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL player head of safety George Peros and believe he is unfit to continue his current role. Thoughts? I think if you change the word horrifying to senseless, I think that statement is like ten out of ten. I've had some real back and forth with this statement, man. Like, because the people that are saying this is Mickey Mouse shit, I I get that. Like, I genuinely <clears throat> I get that. Like, it's just 2021 stuff. Like, you don't get your way, and you go on social media, whatever. Uh, I guess my argument to that is, if everybody else is doing it, why the fuck aren't you? That'd be my thing if it benefits you. And to be completely honest with you, like George Peros, guy's a clown, like an absolute joke. I don't understand. There's so many things to this. Like the Rangers played the Capitals the, the, the next night. And I, this is what pisses me off the most. It's just like a, the hypocrisy of the league. Like they, them saying over and over and over again, like we want to protect players, player safety, head injuries, blah, 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 blah. The Rangers play the Capitals the next night. You know that shit's going to blow up and you don't do anything about it. Like how do you not even suspend them for a game? And like Pierre Maguire said it a billion times on the thing. So did Jonesy and Sharp. And like that's just kind of, that's my thing. Like, if you're trying to protect the players, you didn't do absolutely anything there to protect the players at all. Yeah, right. No, like, player safety. There are. There is no player safety. I, agree. I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think in that in that situation. Yeah. No, I I agree with that completely. I think they dropped the ball on it. Like I just said with the Sean Thornton thing, it definitely deserved games at least. Especially when you think about how it was like two, three months ago he threw that headshot on Brandon Carlo. And he had like a four game suspension, and now he's like back up here's to. Another, here's another question: The Rangers are in a playoff hunt. Like they're they're point out they need to beat the Bruins again in the playoffs. Panarin's out for the rest of the year. Does that change things if they're in a playoff hunt compared to if they're not eliminated from the playoffs? Like, can you imagine? Could you imagine if we were a playoff team or if like we were a point out and that happened? Yeah. No, I mean, I I don't think George Paros' brain works that well based on on this. Like, I don't think he would have even thought about that situation. Maybe he gets pressure from the NHL. I don't know, man. I thought I thought it was a terrible decision that he didn't get suspended, right? So they react this way. 
Um, I, I just have a couple issues with with the statement. Itself. I get it, dude. It's Mickey Mouse shit. Yeah, the 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 horrifying act of violence to me like just sounds like the player is like seriously injured. Like it was fucked up. It sounds but like it's day to day. It sounds that, like an act. Of, it sounds like he's talking about like the U.S. government just like bomb bombed the village in a war. Well, no, that statement would have fit well if Panarin got hurt as bad as he potentially could have gotten hurt. If he smashed his head on the ice, dude, and there's blood all over the place, like, that would have been a fucking rough look for the NHL, dude. I agree, bro, but at the same time, like, UFC sells tickets. Like, that's probably worse. Like, they just kick each other in the face. I guess. I know it's a different crowd. I'm just saying, those were were tough words. Uh, I think when they circled back with dangerous and reckless actions – to cause, I feel like they kind of played up the injury a little bit. Well, I had they, a few they issues. Definitely, they definitely used the word violence because the Washington Capitol social media guy came out with that tweet that said that Tom Wilson chooses violence. That's why they use the word violence. I think. Yeah. And so to me, this is where things get interesting because I don't know. Before the next news I'm going to talk about, uh, we go over. What do you think when you saw this statement the first time? Did you think this was John Davidson or did you think this was James Dolan? I thought this was every Ranger, like, you know, when you do the draft and everybody's inside, like, the boardroom? <laughs> for, for some reason, I thought they threw an emergency meeting and got in the boardroom and typed that bad boy up. Like, that's what I thought. Right, and I kind of thought that way, too. And then, and then like, there were reports that came out, and they were basically saying that John Davidson and Jeff Gordon were, like, trying to distance themselves from that statement, which, like, I don't know, I don't know what your thought is on that because there, I have two thought processes. My first is, like, fuck – uh, why are they like rat bastards and why don't they care about the team and like their careers and their personal relationships more? But the second, my second thought process is like the NHL is a boys club and like, exactly. if you get kicked and right or wrong, like I'm not saying it's right that it's a boys club, but like you have, you can't be like the black sheep because it, like your organization will be screwed. Like if no one wants to talk to you or deal yeah. with you and like the league's pissed, that's a bad look. So I understand why they, why they would like, did that report come out to be true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. And what are your thoughts? I mean, the fact that they got fired, I think that's good for them. Like now, if they try to get another job, these teams won't think, Oh, these are the guys that come up with a horrifying fucking statement, dude. Like, I think it's good for them. Um, I, I just, are we, are we talking about JD getting fired now? Is that where we're at? Wherever you want to take it. I think we should talk about JD and then talk about Gordon too. Well, John Davidson had this weird thing. I mean, if you're a Rangers fan growing up, like he was the voice of the Rangers. It was him and Sam Rosen. Uh, he'd give you the, oh, baby. He was just like, dude, he kind of felt like he kind of felt like a grandpa. Like, that's, <laughs> it's what it was, man. He just seemed like a super fucking nice guy. He played and he loved the Rangers. He goes to St. Louis and he goes to Columbus and he finally comes home and like there's this huge thing. Everybody's super pumped to, to see him. I, he came to one of the games for like, I don't know if they retired him or like gave him like a fucking like a cool thing, but he was crying for that. Like JD for me, like growing up was like huge. So with him as a president and to see the teams that the St. Louis Blues have and, and the Columbus Blue Jackets have, it was kind of like, okay, this is fucking awesome, right? And, and I've always loved JD. Uh, Jeff Gorton. I, you would probably have a pretty good insight on this guy because it seems like this is the second time he's built a team and then left the team before they've won a Stanley Cup. Like, and I, I'm not saying the Rangers are going to win a Stanley Cup, but isn't that what happened in Boston? Well, he was never the head GM; he was assistant. But like, he, he helped build the team, correct? Like, he helped build those Boston Bruins teams, and yeah. then he no, did- I, I kind of wanted your perspective on this because I've seen a lot of back and forth on whether people Ranger fans think Jeff Gordon was a good GM and like. I think he was like pe- people act like he he did luck into Adam Fox because like at Carolina's hands were tied. And what is the other trade that they say he lucked into? I mean, it's not a trade. You got Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah, so he a lottery like at the same at the same time like he made a lot of good trades. Like I felt like the way he rebuilt, he used his prospects well. Like you guys are pretty loaded. The uh, Mika Zibanejad trade was him. And I and I know the top two picks haven't been outstanding so far but they're showing promise one and two i think he gets really good value in like second round picks or later you know what i mean he's just he seems like a good drafter uh and you had chris jury down there which seemed like he kind of developed it so like people talk about how like the jt miller trade sucked 
my opinion on that, I always thought you guys should have kept JT over Chris Kreider, but I, I think at the time it was fair value. Like, I don't know. I think they threw JT Miller in to get Libor Hayek. So that, that kind of blew up. I guess yeah. I'll agree with that. So that was probably a bad trade, but um, I don't know if it ever really worked. would have worked out with JT in New York like the way it has. You know what I mean? It's I we talked really about this, we talked about this like last week or the week before. Like sometimes a, a player is with an organization, he just needs to go to a different organization and he fucking rips it up. He had a hundred points in a hundred games for the Canucks. Like pretty good yeah. player, but he wasn't doing that in New York. And he, I don't think he did that in Tampa either. No, you're right. So did so you were you a fan of Gordon? Like, are you still gonna like the guy after all this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I respect Jeff Gordon. I think a lot of people made it sound like he was an elite general manager. And when things are going on, you're kind of drinking that tea and you think that, but like now that you're kind of taking a step back, you're kind of looking at stuff. You're trying to remain positive because like the two biggest people in your organization in terms of getting the right people in front of you to watch win games, they're gone now. Um, I thought he did really well, but at the same time, dude, like there, there's a couple things. The Tom Wilson incident, the Rangers didn't have anybody on their team. And to be completely honest with you, they were going to call up this Mason Geertsen kid. And, and you don't even know if that kid has that. So that's one, like, and Mark Messier was interviewed on the Michael K show. And he said, like, you need to be able to win the street in the alley. And that's not the type of team I would have assembled. I kind of get that. I think they have a ton of skill, whatever. Um, and then dude, there's, there's just a lot of stuff to unpack here. Like James Dolan came out today and said like, Hey, listen, they did a great job, but like, we should be making the playoffs. We don't have enough grit on our team. Like, and if you look at the Ranger season, they gave away a ton of points at the beginning of the season, a ton of points, but then that makes me question, like, why the fuck is David Quinn still here? Like, that's that the kind weird. of right. Like, I don't, I, I guess I don't get that, but I mean, I, I am not, I love Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. Like, I think they did an incredible job in like however short amount of time they were here, like, kind of calling the shots, you know? So, um, is it, is it nerve wracking to you as a fan that it seems like Jim Dolan, he used to only care about the Knicks, is like kind of has his eye on you? I'm really trying to make it seem in my brain like that's not happening, but that's exactly what's happening, and it's a little scary, yeah. But also at the same time, it's not like Chris Drury's walking into a team that is in shambles. They have a ton of fucking young talent. They have a ton of stuff that they can ship out if they need to. Like, if you're a GM for the first time in the, in the team that you get in front of you is the New York Rangers, with the current players that they have and the picks and the prospects, like – it, it, I feel like it'd be kind of hard to fuck it up. Yeah. No, I guess like I get that. I I think so too. And like people say, Chris Drury's really good in that role, in like the development role, wherever he started. Like, and he's kind of Chris Drury. He's like the All American hockey player. Like from growing up. Like I don't hate Chris Drury. Kind of hated him when he signed with the Rangers. That was a weird time for the Rangers. Him and uh, Gomez. But like, Sabers, cool rookie of the year, sick on the Avalanche, right? Little League World Series. Uh I would be pumped. I would be excited to see what he does. It kind of sucked that you let, lost Gordon, uh, but he'll be okay. And JD's kind of a blow too. But like, really, at the end of the day, like, I know like they kind of set the tone, but how much does an NHL president matter? Do you ever think about that? Do they really well, I, call shots? I don't know what an NHL president does. Like, I know what, what a GM does. What the fuck does the president do? Like, like kind of just like in, is in your ear trying to help you out? Is it like I don't know? I think so, but I also think you kind of have final say. Like, I feel like sometimes presidents override it because I feel like in Pittsburgh, if, like, Brian Burke says no to something, like, I don't think it happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, he's he's both now, so. Yeah. Clearly calling the shots. Um, yeah, so I don't – do you have anything else on that? Oh, actually, no, I don't think so, right? Oh, and one other thing, like, James Nolan, a lot of people don't like him and all this stuff. I get it. But if you look at the Rangers season, right, you had the Keandre Miller Zoom call incident. You had the one fan blog saying that Tony D'Angelo stole his puck because he's racist. You have the Tony D'Angelo situation. You have Artemi Panarin getting the Russian mob or whatever. And then you have Artemi Panarin getting tossed around on the ice by Tom Wilson. If you're an owner of a team, dude, that's a lot of drama to be had in one season that's not even 82 games. And you look at the leadership. I agree with that. Uh, and that was another thing that he said. Like, he, like James Owen pretty much said, like, we need leadership on this team. And he's not wrong, dude. He really isn't. No, I don't think. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe you're going to become a big Jimmy Dolan fan. You just don't even know yet. Like he plays because I'm that's a Jimmy Dolan fan. But like to me, that's one of the biggest issues, dude. I've said, how long have I said that for? 
and everybody demands a captain. You just can't have a captain to have a captain. Like they need to, like if you if they had a captain, that shit wouldn't have happened. Or if the captain was on the ice, like Panarin would have been thrown around. Yeah, I agree. With, hard to win a cup when you don't have a captain. Yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on this either, but I saw a quote and it was like Mark Messier basically said they asked him if yeah. he would help out, and he was basically like he's been telling them he'd help out, like his his calendar's open forever, and they just don't say anything. Yeah, the the Rangers haven't asked him. They asked if Messier has been in contact. He said he hasn't talked in however many years, but that he'd absolutely be open to it. Uh, he said he one hundred percent could coach hockey right now because that's what he does is hockey. And, Make him the uh, coach, dude. I don't know. That's another thing because that's that's like one of those things where you bring back one of those awesome players and they don't plan out. Like, yeah, like I guess Wayne Gretzky wasn't that great of a coach. But I feel like Mark Messier was a different type of player and like his attitude and like he just needs like a couple assistants that are X's and O guys. You know what I mean? Like he probably can't handle the X's and O's, but he'll he'll get the locker room going. Yeah, dude. Like I, f- I feel like David Quinn is just like a like a dad to these guys. My like favorite a, like a dad that like works like 60 hours a week and comes home and like pours himself a vodka and then like yells at you for not doing your homework. Where Mark Messier would walk in and be like, Why the fuck aren't chores done? Dude, my, my dream scenario for the Rangers to get leadership in the front office or coaching is if they let go of David Quinn. And I think part of the reason they fired Gordon is because they want Drury to do exit interviews early, right? And, like, maybe they're just going to, yep. like, keep the coach that was till sad. The end. Maybe That's there's what a- James Dolan said that the reason why they fired him, and this is a big question I had because, like, why, why not wait until the end of the year is because of the exit interview things. And he said he didn't want to do it when they were on the road. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I, I don't hate that. And then – um, the other thing I like torts, uh, torts, time might be up in with Columbus. Like he might get fired. All I'm throwing out there is torts is not the long-term answer. You give him a two year contract. You teach the rookies how to play defense. You're going to get that fucking grit and buy-in that you need. And then when he overstays his welcome, you cut ties immediately and you get a coach to go win a cup, just like he set up AV, but get a better coach after. Bro. That's terrifying. <laughs> I, I don't want that smoke. I love John Tortorella, but like, but you guys have Shesterkin's a good goalie. He'll bring structure. Like I want, I want Rod the Bod. That would be unreal. He's not going to come. I think they they agreed to a contract in Carolina, but I don't know. I honestly have no idea. There's Gerard Gallant. He could be a good coach. I have no idea. But that's also even if they fire David Quinn. Apparently, Chris Jury's super tight with him, so you don't even know if that's going to happen. Oh, man, you and the B- I feel like why are the Rangers just run by like Boston University graduates and like hockey players? I don't know, dude. Um. Uh, Moving on. So, I mean, the game. I don't know how you want to break it down. Actually, first, I wanted to ask you, going into this game, uh, what what was your thought process? I, I told you I thought the Rangers were just going to lay down and take it. Um, what was your prediction for the game? There were, there were three predictions. One, Brendan Smith was going to try to fight Tom Wilson, and he was going to get, like, knocked out. <laughs> uh, the second one is they were going to call up this Mason Geertsen kid who's never played an NHL game, and I could watch Tom Wilson beat up Mason Geertsen and then look at the bench and be like, that's the toughest guy you got. And then the third one was they were going to lay down like that's the, and I really, I was fucking really hoping that wasn't going to happen when I found out that, it, that they didn't call up Mason. I'm like, well, Smitty's at least going to go Tom Wilson. Hopefully it goes well. And dude, this might sound really dramatic, but there was just so much shit going on with the Rangers that day that I was like exhausted by the time the game started. It seemed like every two hours something was happening and it was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. So I'm watching the game and I look up and I'm like, why is NBC Sports replaying the Rangers and the, and the Devils from a few few years ago when, like, Rupp and Bickle and Prust fought? And then, like, three seconds later, I'm like, holy shit, Phil DiGiuseppe's fighting right now. And then <laughs> I saw Kyle, Kevin Rooney, and then I heard Pierre Maguire said, Blackwell did a good job, Hagelin was in a vulnerable position. And I'm like, holy fuck, the boys are here to fight? Like, what is going on? This is incredible. I would, Dude, I screamed so hard. Like, you know, if you ever like stand up too fast and you have like stars in your eyes. No, <laughs> bro. I had stars in my eyes for like a good minute afterwards. And like <laughs> to a point where I, I thought I hurt myself. It was nuts. It was nuts. That? I mean, and crazy. too, like, I feel like you see Blackwell, D Giuseppe and Rooney are getting the nod. I don't think you think line brawl right away. I think Rooney. Might be the toughest out of them. Am I wrong on this? We'll kind of. <laughs> I'm not at all thinking Phil DiGiuseppe and Colin Blackwell are going to fight. I don't think Carl Haglin showed up to MSG that night thinking that he was going to have to get in the fight. No, so let's break them down one by one really quick. Haglin versus Blackwell. Uh, I think it Blackwell. Like, it looked like Blackwell got the takedown. 
and but then you hear Pierce say it. that, but yeah, it was kind of like a wrestling match. But I give that one to Blackwell. If you have to give it to somebody, all right. Uh, D Giuseppe and Hathaway. Uh, now, I Hathaway won the fight. Dude. Yeah, I, don't I give, think it, I give it to yeah. I get definitely give that one to Hathaway. But respect to Phil DiGiuseppe. I don't think he's a fighter, and I don't really think he got pumped either. So I, th- I think for what it's worth, Hathaway is pretty tough, isn't he? Like he's not a heavyweight. He's pretty he's tough. He's like guy. an agitator, but he can fight. He fights. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think he won that one. But shout out to P, P, what is it? PDG. The fact that he even did that thought that was a pretty stand up thing. So I, I, actually, I told I told Fearboy Rex I wish he still had his bubble on when he did it. <laughs> Last one: Kevin Rooney versus Nick Dowd. Um, kind of like, I think this was a 50, 50, maybe give the decision to Dowd. I was expecting a little bit more from Kevin Rooney, but, uh, again, dude, like, and the funniest part about this is before the game started, they talked about how George Peros talked to both teams and how he said there better not be no shenanigans and all this shit. That was just a giant fuck you. We don't respect anything that you have to say, George Peros on national television. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, sick. Uh, yeah, can you imagine George Peros coming into them, into their locker room, or whatever the fuck he did, and like giving a speech? Like, how do you even like do that? I guess that if anything, you can say that takes balls. By the Rangers? Oh uh, no! By like, didn't Peros say that? Say it to him in person, or no? Am I wrong? On I don't that? think it was in person. I think it was a virtual meeting. Oh, never mind then. Like anybody, you can say anything over Zoom. So I take yeah. that back. Um, overall, like I. I was surprised. I told you I wasn't going to watch the game because I thought nothing was going to happen. I was happy, though. Like, it's cool living in 2021. Now, as a Rangers fan, I could literally just go on Twitter and refresh, and it would be the first thing there. Um, Biggest takeaway, definitely not as cool as the Devils-Rangers brawl. Uh, (laughs) There was bombs being thrown in that fight. I know there was no meaning behind it. That's what I was going to say. At the same time, that fight – Happened for a reason against the Devils, and I remember you were freaking out when that yeah. happened. So I think we're kind of in the moment here. Like maybe there was more of a hoorah message. To me, that's the- what. It, to me, that's what it was. To me, that was like the Rangers were a hockey team, and and that Matt dude, like it's gonna sound really fucking really soft. I was like proud as fuck to like be a Rangers fan when that was going on, and that's the first time I've ever actually felt like that. Like normally I make fun of people who are like, Ooh, blah, blah, blah. like, dude, I was like, Holy shit. Like, I'm so happy. I fucking love this team. Like, I just thought it was really cool. Three guys that, I mean, Rooney fights, but the two other guys kind of, I don't think Colin Blackwell's ever going to been in a fight. And I don't think Phil DiGiuseppe has either. So, and when that happened, you kind of knew, right? Like buckle the fuck up. Yeah. Also, I mean, sh- Shout out, uh, shout out to Blackwell for getting the lineup against Hagelin. Like that's a pretty good feeling. Well, the, like- and that was another cool thing about it. Like that's how hockey should be done. There were no mismatches there. Like I, th- I think there were some clear victories, but it wasn't like there were there were no size mismatches there. Like if somebody was going to f- fight Carl Hagelin, it was going to be Colin Blackwell. Size, no, but the Hathaway fight was kind of a mismatch. Yeah, I guess. But like, good on good on fucking Phil. All right, I like it. Uh, so the next thing, basically the moment we've been waiting for, Smitty jumps Wilson. Um, the ne- the next shift, the Tom Wilson's first shift, he was on the ice four seconds before he had to drop his gloves. I love. I mean, right away, what's your what's your thought process just on basically Smitty being like, I'm gonna throw the eject button on the gloves, grab them, and start the fight. I thought Smitty looked so fucking cool. I've watched <laughs> it like a hundred times. I'm not even talking about like with them actually throwing fights, but him coming flying through the neutral zone and then like kind of ragdolled them like at first, like he kind of like pulled them down and then like brought them back up. And Wilson like had his hands like, Whoa. And then they finally went going. Smitty looked fucking like a rock star and people are like, Oh, he didn't square up. Brendan Smith's not going to square up with Tom Wilson. He'll fucking die, dude. That little Superman jab that he's been throwing around would not be effective against Tom Wilson. So it's like, you kind of had to do that. Wilson definitely threw more punches. I think Brendan Smith landed the, the initial uppercut and then if you watch the fight, the, the last punch that Smitty throws, he hits him directly in the middle of the face. Wilson's bucket goes up, and he kind of like half buckles. So I know everybody's going to give Tom Wilson because he threw 100 punches and Smitty was in defensive mode. But for B- Brendan Smith, dude, I fucking love the guy. He's my next jersey. I don't even care he's on the Rangers next year. Like He earned that. Like He is – and you you laugh because Brendan Smith and the Zidane Chara thing from a few years ago. But, like, dude, Smitty – Smitty is a fucking baller, man. Like he'll he'll do that. And minus Chara, because he did it again. Minus Chara. 
What do you mean? He won't fight Char. I feel like Char is the one person he won't fight. Like you know, I mean, like would you remember fight Char when the initial? No, I wouldn't. I'm just throwing it out there. Like I thought it. I thought it was pretty funny. Don't slander Brennan Smith when he did the coolest thing. Don't slander Brennan Smith when he did the coolest thing that he's ever done in his entire career. I'm not, dude, because I think the cool part about him turning down Char is like I'm not 97 sure that Smitty was probably like I'm fighting Tom Wilson. Like oh, off the drop. Yeah, I'm talking. I can't go back on that. No, yeah, dude. I think I think Char came up to him and he's like, "No, I want Wilson." That's kind of like the vibe I got from that. Because, like, Char wasn't a dick either. And, like, Smitty wasn't a dick either, but, like... Do you have any thought on Chara basically doing nothing? I think Chara did nothing. Be, be And we'll, we'll get into Chara in a little bit, but I think Chara understood what the fuck was going on. I don't think... Yeah. I think Chara is, like, an honorable dude. Like, I don't think that he's a fucking dickhead. Like, sometimes he'll be, like, a bully, but when he's doing that shit, like, he needs to to please the game. He doesn't do that just be... If Zdeno Chara wanted to be an asshole 24-7, Zdeno Chara very well could and would be that asshole. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just deflected us away from the biggest moment of the game. So, moving back, just thoughts on the fight overall. I, I was I was pumped for him. I was glad he didn't get his ass kicked. I, he hit him twice. He hit him twice really, really good. And for Brendan Smith, I call that a win. I, that's probably that's definitely it was a, a loss, pick. but like it was no. I think he won. It's a homer pick, and I'm gonna stick to it, dude. Brendan, I thought Brendan Smith did very well in terms of like Tom Wilson definitely threw more punches, but I think the punches that connected the best, I think, were the initial uppercut and the last punch that Brendan Smith threw. The last punch, if you get a chance, rewatch the fight and watch it. just cool. the last punch. I think Smith. I think Smitty threw the best punch. I think Tom Wilson threw the second best punch. I think I was a little harsh there, but honestly, in my opinion, if it's not like clear, I usually just go draw when it comes to fights or like boxing. And I think it was pretty close to a draw. Yeah, and the initial him just grabbing him made it way cooler. Yeah, hundred percent. And he kind of and he kind of used that to his advantage. And it's kind of like had to. Wow. It's kind of funny though, because you remember when you were making fun of Nick Ritchie. Uh, with the antics, with the gimmicks before the fight. I mean, that's yeah. basically a gimmick too, but sometimes uh, you got to do what you got to do. And John Wilson did not earn Smitty, like, dropping him, like, when he drops him. Like, Smitty earned the fa- like the right to, like... Yeah, absolutely. Instigate. If Tom Wilson's going to be a scumbag, you can be a scumbag. Did Smitty get an instigator? Yeah, Smitty ended up getting an instigator. They kill- <laughs> I think they killed the penalty. Um, There was actually... Dude, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I was talking to Feverboy about, like, all the possibilities that could happen in this game. And I was like, there could be like the three Rangers on the ice could just go try to start beat the shit out of them. Like everybody just goes at them. And Feverboy Rex told me to look it up. And if you guys get a chance, look up New York Rangers fight Peter Worrell. Uh, Peter Worrell went like knee on knee with Theo Fleury and then got up and had Theo Fleury, Sandy McCarthy, and Dale Puritan beating the shit out of him for like 10 seconds. If you ever get a chance, check out that video. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it is insane. I fucking love that. Uh, so shout out Smitty. I think the number one star of the event. Bruka appreciation group. <laughs> All right. So your boy, I what are you a potato believer? So I'm a potato believer, dude. Gets in the nice next fight, Michael Roffle. What do you got on potato dropping the gloves? I'm glad that you brought that one up because this ties in with Phil DiGiuseppe too. These are guys that haven't been in the lineup. These are guys that literally haven't played at all like the last like month or so. So on top of not playing that you expect them to fight, uh Roffle won that fight. Uh, but I thought Potato had some good punches in there. And again, like guy loves that guy loves being a New York Ranger. So uh, I'm, I'm pumped that he did it. And like, and that's one of the cool fucking things about all of this. I think also if the Rangers didn't do any of this stuff and it was just Brendan Smith versus Tom Wilson, I think it kind of would have been a soft type of response. But I think the fact that all the other guys fought, like, can you imagine, like, Brendan Smith just sitting there knowing he has to fight Tom Wilson, and then all of a sudden everybody else is fighting? You got to feel good about that. Like, it's not it's not just your responsibility. Like, everybody else is, like, doing that. And I I don't know. I loved every second of that. Fair you know enough. what I mean? Does that make sense to you? If it was just Smitty, it would have kind of sucked. But the fact that the other boys were fighting, too, it was like, hey, Smitty, you're not alone. It definitely helps. What, did you have a score on that one? Maybe like, uh, oh, that was pretty quick. I, I mean, Potato was bleeding so i'm gonna i'm gonna give that to raffle michael raffle fuck that sucks maybe the weirdest fight uh i know you're gonna claim this is a big win but this was a weird one i don't strom think it was a weird one at all. not a weird one at all this is this was ryan strom dude everybody's so hard on this guy because he's not young and he's a product of panarin and he can't have the same shooting percentage blah isn't blah he, blah isn't he like 25 yeah i don't think he's even that old 
which is fucking hilarious about the entire thing. But like, good for fucking Reinstrom. Uh, drop. He won that. He for sure won that fight. It was a lightweight fight. Sneaky, sneaky thing. Did you see how Strom prepared for it? No. Drops both of his gloves and then takes off his right elbow pad purposely. I don't hate that. I mean, a lot of guys used to shake out their elbow pads. I don't know if it's. I haven't seen it in a while though. When, like, when's the last time you saw somebody eject the elbow pad before they got into it? Like, that was on purpose. That was Ryan Strome being like, I'm going to try to fuck this guy up. I'd assume maybe he asked, like, his, like, 16 brothers that all play in the NHL, too, and asked them what to do, and they were just like, oh, you got to shed the elbow. It's a cool moment for Ryan Strome. I don't know. I know I'm not – I wasn't chirping it, dude. I, I like Ryan Strome. I think it's – I think it is crazy the hate that he gets by Rangers fans. I just had to remind you that it was fucking Lars Eller. Like, in order for the Rangers to get a – this is the overall theme, and we'll kind of get to the Smitty quote about being soft. Is like the Rangers showed a lot of heart, but like their biggest fight was like one of the. It was a lightweight fight. Like Lars Eller is from Denmark. He's gotten bloodied by like five foot seven Brad Marchand. Like it's Marchand suffers. I get what you're saying. It's I get Lars what you're saying. Eller. So There's like a lot know. of heart though. And you want to know? Why? I also want to say this: respect to all the fucking Capitals that fought. That had to have been fucking shit for them. Like, do you think they were pissed at Tom Wilson? Like, bro, you had to fucking do this again? Like, Carl Hagelin had to fucking fight, dude. Lars Eller had to get punched in the face. Like, do you think that they were like, what? Like, do you think Wilson bought these guys stuff? Like, I would have been fucking pissed. Like, we're we're gearing up for the fucking playoffs, and you do something fucking really stupid, and now I have to get in a fight? In a meaningless game against a team that's eliminated. Yeah, that's tough. I didn't think about that. Um so yeah, um, but respect respect to the capital like Carl Hagelin, Lars Eller, dude. I'm, I'm not, I fucking hate Har- Lars Eller, but like he dropped the gloves, man. It takes yeah, balls to drop the gloves, by the way. Like everybody expects a player should do it. It takes fucking nuts to do it. No, I agree. Th- did I didn't see this next part? Um, so the flash oh, on Wilson was it a big uh, hack? It was. It was definitely a fuck you hack for sure. Uh, it got the attention of Tom Wilson and it got the attention of Dano Chara, which is one that you don't really want to bite that one off. Uh, went into the first uh, intermission and Jonesy and Sharp talked about like how like Bucinevich should probably chill the fuck out. Hopefully all this stuff is over. Next period comes around. I don't know what happened in the initial tangle up, but there was a tangle up with Bucinevich and Mantha in the far end. Puck goes to the other end. Bucinevich like is the far winger, leaves his spot to go to the far side and take a run at Mantha. He misses. Mantha throws a couple cross or slashes to the back of the leg. The puck goes up the ice. They're skating up, and now Mantha turns around and goes back to Bucinevich. So Mantha wasn't going anywhere near the play. He wanted to like fight him, whatever. Bucinevich fucking drills him in the face with a cross check and gets five in a game. People are saying it's a scumbag thing. Fuck that, dude. Like if the Capitals do it, we're doing it. Mantha's bigger than Pavel Bucinevich. Pavel Bucinevich got fucked up by Lazan not that long ago. I'm all for it, dude. Break his fucking nose. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a scumbag uh, move. I mean, I laughed. I actually thought it was pretty funny. Got uh, good, dude. Especially because I dogged Anthony Mantha on our trade deadline special, and then he started to light it up. So it was nice to see him kind of lose one out, out out there. I will say, I wouldn't want to be Bucinevich next time he has to play against Anthony Mantha. That's maybe maybe he'll pull Tom Wilson and just not play. Like, did you have anything? Like, do you think Tom Wilson was actually injured? Like, what do you think the no. team pulled him out? Like, what the yeah. fuck happened? The team pulled him out. He wasn't injured. The team pulled him out because they saw what was going on and they didn't want Tom Wilson to fucking go over the edge. That's what it was. Do you think if Tom Wilson didn't get pulled, he would have gone over the edge? I bet I bet he would have fought Smitty again. Probably. Yeah, definitely. Tom Wilson will fight twice in a game. I agree with that. I think I think Tom Wilson was probably pissed off that Smitty kind of jumped him and he would have fucking tried to fight him again. What do you have? I mean, this is kind of skipping forward, but I mean, we're already talking about it. Booch got suspended one game for that. Um thoughts on that it's it's it seems like it's fair that he got one game like in the real world it's fair but because wilson just didn't get suspended it kind of just is hilarious worth it yeah true i mean like i guess at the end of the day what the fuck's it matter you're not playing for anything anyway fuck the capitals worth it um and this is something a couple more quick things on the on the game i thought and you might not agree with this you probably don't care because they fought and stuff would have liked to see a better result on the scoreboard maybe in this game. It probably would have felt good to win one for the Gipper. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it seemed it like would have been, it would have been really cool if they won, but if they were going to lose, like that would have been the way I wanted to lose. With like TJ Yoshi scoring a hat trick, coming back from his dad passing away. 
Like there were, dude, there there were so many fucking storylines that day. It was insane. Who was um, the rookie? Who's the rookie that tried to fight Oshi? Morgan Barron. Uh, it was weird because Oshi didn't have a stick and like kind of punched him. So I think he was, and with everything that was going on in that game, he's like, okay, I'll fucking do it. Um, who Morgan Barron also scored his first career NHL goal. The fact that we've had that kid in the system all year when we've seen and had to deal with Brett Howden is insane. Like absolute insanity. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely does suck that they lost, but they didn't back down. Right. And if they're going to lose, I'd rather have it to be, uh, Oh, she scoring that hat trick and like crying on the bench was like, cause I don't know. My old man passed away a couple years ago. So that was something that was kind of relatable. And I thought that was fucking really, really cool. And even the Rangers like fucking quote tweeted and like gave him hearts and shit. Like, like Tom Wilson's a scumbag piece of shit will always be a scumbag piece of shit. But like, that doesn't mean that there aren't other like things going on in the game. So shout out to TJ Oshie and his family. Something you, something you didn't, uh, you didn't kind of shy away from, which I was surprised of. And you said a couple of times to me. So I wrote it down. Where, where was, uh, where was Zabena Jed? Nowhere. He was a fucking ghost, which, which is troubling to me. I know he puts up a ton of points and there was that COVID thing, whatever. Like I understand that you can be a, like a high powered offensive player. Here's the thing, dude, Ryan Strom was interviewed after the game and he pretty much said they had the boys talk and the guys wanted to step up, stepped up. I think if like a captain has to step up, like, like I can't imagine a captain being like, no, I can't fight and, so, I'm, how, and, I'm, and I'm okay with Mika Zibanejad not fighting. I am completely okay with that. My problem with it is if you're not going to fight, you still have to play physical and fucking put the puck in the back of the net. And he was a fucking ghost. You had He was nowhere. That's what I was going to say is like my takeaway wouldn't be that Mika wasn't physical. It would be more that he didn't support you guys like offensively. Because like if Mika showed up that game and – Mika puts in two or three goals that game. If Mika even scores in that game, it's like, okay, like Mika came to play. It didn't even look like he wanted to be out there. Scared, bro. He just saw it. Well, dude, that's fucking troubling because the Rangers are talking about how they want these leaders and they want people that they said they have too much skill and not enough will. And again, I know Mika Zibanejad's a fucking incredible offensive player and he's pretty good defensively too, but like, how do you not show up then? Agree. No, I agree with that. Um, Rangers have to win a lot of hard games, right? In order to win a Stanley Cup, you're the Boston Bruins won a Stanley Cup uh, more towards our lives than when the Rangers did. There was like there weren't easy games; they're all hard games, correct? And the fact that like one of our best players doesn't show up in big games, hasn't shown up in big games. I mean, he scored that five goal game against Capital. Is that the playoffs? How'd they do in the playoffs? I forget. And then you have a big game like this. I don't know, man. And I fucking, I really like the way me, I, dude, I think he's a fucking awesome hockey player, but the whole having to come prepared when it needs to be and then just not even being there. Tough. A little troubling, little troubling. Uh, last thing on the game real quick. Any, any comments on Kevin Rooney and the flex kind of mocking Tom Wilson, then getting 10 minutes. I think a lot of people thought it was funnier than it actually was. All right, I like that, dude. Um, cool moment, though. Like, good for Rooney. Be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, kind of going post game theatrics again. Some interviews. I just wanted to throw this one out there. I'm sure this got you fucking jazzed up uh, after the game when Panarin just posted the Rangers logo, kind of like he was supporting the boys. What? How jazzed up were you for that post? I loved it because it like wasn't even like a good picture of the logo. Like it had like a black background. Like it, I don't know, but still, it, it was fucking cool. Like you. It just kind of showed like Panarin appreciated that. Like he fucking loves being a Ranger. He loves this team. Like they came together for, and it took them fucking however many games to do it, but they finally did like, and I don't know that's not our identity, right? Like, I don't really think the Rangers have an identity, but I think that that was definitely a step in the right direction. And you want to know what, talk about valuable experience for guys like Lafreniere and Capo and, and Kratzov. Like those games don't happen that often. And for that to happen earlier in your career and see like how things are dealt with, I think that's a good learning lesson for them too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, learning lessons and thoughts. I don't know. Do you want to you want to start playing some clips? Maybe run. Uh, hear what Strom had to say after the game. Uh, I would, but I didn't do the Strom. I just did two Smitties. Let's hear the Smitty interviews. You're the one that actually fought with uh, with Tom Wilson. So I'm I'm wondering if if you felt the need to go after him specifically, or you know, what's your your thinking on uh, on that? Well, I mean, obviously you guys watched what happened uh, the game before. 
I don't really want to touch on it too much. I think it's uh, it's been exhausted already. But um, I think that uh, I had not I had no beef with anybody else on their team. Uh, I thought that it should have been handled before this game, and it wasn't. So unfortunately, it had to be kind of on my shoulders, and and uh, I thought I took it. All right, so that's what Smitty had to say after fighting Tom Wilson. Um, I took it. I, You know, and I like the fact how he didn't get into it either. Like, I think Smitty's just kind of like an old school dude. He's like, what fucking happened and it happened, and I needed to do what I had to do. Right? Yeah, no, I thought it was a good answer. And then there was there was one other interview that this I is had. my favorite. Brendan, I, I've read a lot in the last couple of days about how the Rangers as a team are – you know, the word's been used soft and, and, you know, not tough enough and stuff. And, and I'm wondering if, if you feel like you guys' response tonight uh, disproves that in, in some way. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think we're soft? No. Okay. You answered it. Fucking Smitty, dude. Um, kind of a bizarre question to ask. I like it. I kind of like that the, the reporter was just like, are you soft? He's like, no, I'm not fine. Let me ask you. Are you fucking soft? So my thing on this, and like, I love that Smitty said that, but my personal opinion is I think if anything, Smitty proved that he's not soft. But like, yes, the Rangers fought and they showed heart. Kind of soft though. Like the fight, like I get what you're not like they went out there and beat the shit out of the Capitals. Like they lost more fights than they won. You know what I mean? No, oh, come on, man. It's not even. It's not even that. I, I think they did show a lot of heart. But even tonight against the Bruins, like, to me, not being soft is like finishing checks and blocking shots, like finishing every one of your checks. The Rangers never finish checks, like, ever. And, like, what happened last night, like, it was fucking really cool to see guys do what they had to do. To see, because, like, dude, none of those other fights had to happen. The only thing that really needed to be addressed was the Tom Wilson thing, right? Like, I mean, you would hope that the Rangers would be pissed off and do shit like that, but like, really, the only fight that needed to happen was the Smith Wilson one, and the fact that the other guys were like, "Fuck that, let's do this thing, let's do the dance." Um, I don't know, man. I was again, I was pretty, pretty jazzed up to be a Rangers fan, man. Honestly, it's good to hear, dude. Like, I mean, mean, you weren't even chirping me, which makes me think like what they did was kind of nails. Yeah, but I mean, like, if I was that reporter and Smitty said, "Let me ask you, do you think we're soft?" I'd be like, "Well, yeah, dude. Like, that's why I asked you the question." Because I do like still kind of think they're soft. Like there's a reason that they need change. It's because they're soft. That's why we're talking about the change and the ownership change and Jim Dolan firing people because they're soft. Yeah, like they I, are. Smitty's not soft. No, like they're players that they show heart and grit for sure. Does that kind of make you happy? Definitely. Do you think the Rangers can prevent Tom Wilson from doing something next year with the same roster? Absolutely not. No, I agree with that. I would agree with that. I just think it was nice to see them sticking up for themselves. Speaking of sticking up for themselves, so Jimmy Dolan. Uh, touched on him earlier. He put that post out, basically calling out George Peros, wanted his head, fined 250 k This was actually my prediction because that's what John Tortorella got for leaving a press conference, and I thought they couldn't go lower than that. Wait, um, he didn't get fined that much, did he? Yes, he did because he was a repeat offender. Tortorella got fined a quarter of a million dollars? I'm like 95% sure. Now I have to look Bro, it up. there's no, maybe 25000 I can't see somebody getting fined a quarter of a million dollars for not going to a press conference. We'd, 25, oh no, I'm wrong. It's $25,000, but still okay. 25,000 compared to 250,000 for a coach versus an organization. It's kind of similar. Yeah, right? no, like, no, it is. I was just like, holy shit, they, they yeah. took a quarter of a million dollars away from Torch. You said right, that, dude, like, that's a ton of money. $25,000, a ton of money. Yeah, but still, once you said that out loud to me, they're like, they took $250,000. I was like, no, they definitely didn't do that. But, um, but like $25,000 to Torts is way more than $250 million to Dolan. Yeah. Or $250,000 to Dolan, sorry. So I got two questions for you. One, as a actually maybe three. One, as a Rangers fan, what's your thought on that? Two, do you, what do you think Jim Dolan feels about that amount of money? Um, Who cares, man? Like, to me, it's kind of over at this point. You knew they were going to get fined. It's not my money. James you think Dolan's it's fair by the league? The, you knew they were going to do that. They're not just going to be like, you're right, fire George Peros, like, because then you have teams fucking controlling what's going on in the league. Yeah. Like, they can't no. do that. Like, and like, and for, I don't know, I read this one thing how, like, they think the NHL is backing George Peros now more than ever, and how other GMs have, like, 
said, hey, he's doing a great job. I called bullshit on that. Like George Peros has been a disaster from the moment that he stepped into that thing, which sucks is he played the politician card. Because if you remember correctly, when he came in, I was fired up because he was saying literally all the right things. He was saying, hey, listen, there's a lot of slashes that go on behind the play. I was an enforcer. I saw them. We're going to get rid of those. We're going to get rid of like the head contact, all this stuff. What Tom Wilson did to Artemi Panarin the other night is exactly the shit that George Paris was talking about getting rid of in hockey and like, this isn't me being soft. This isn't what I want. Like, I like hard playing hockey. Like, I'm cool with that. But when you're fucking being told time and time and time and time again that, like, this is the way the league needs to go, and then they have a fucking layup, and they don't do it, it blows my mind. Because at the end of the day, dude, that Rangers-Capitals game was probably the most exciting game of the entire year. Realistically, yeah. in the NHL, like, it was, dude. There were, there were six fights in the first five minutes of the game. More people watch that Rangers Capitals game on national television, by the way. Like, do you think that this was the NHL knowing like, oh, we're going to be on national TV. And if we don't suspend Wilson, shit's going to pop off, get more viewers. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think think they're that smart. I, I think that was, I mean, overall, I just liked what you said. Um, And I agree. To me, like this was definitely good for the game, right? We just spent an hour podcast talking about like 72 hours from the New York Rangers. It's fucking crazy to think about. Um, like Thank one you. of my biggest questions, I don't know if you have like a closing statement, but like my, my closing thesis on this, and this is something I wanted to bring up. Uh, I think there's like two, two sides to hockey Twitter that have been kind of pissing me off. And I feel like you might disagree with me, but I'm going to kind of break it down. So there's the one side of hockey Twitter that thinks all of this is just like so fucked up. And that it's like this culture of like toxic masculinity yeah. that yeah. needs to go. And I, I don't enjoy that side's perspective. And then yep. there's the other side and I the hardo side. Yeah, they're just hardos about everything and like they, they don't see it the other way. And it's just like they want to see blood, which is like cool, but it's like, dude, no one's gonna get your point. And like to me, I just wanna like throw it out there. Like people always talk about like it's not about like the code and like how you think about the game. Like that's like an argument that's thrown around, but like, it's not a code, like saying that fighting belongs in hockey and that players need to enforce themselves. It's not like a code or a culture. Like it's literally the sport. Like it, it's just as important as a dude who wins draws or like a dude who has like sick Corsi numbers or like the guy who can penalty kill or the guy who's faster than others. Like all those things matter. And like, Time and time again, it shows. Even the last couple of years, like the Blues just bullied their way to a Stanley Cup. It wins hockey games, and there's a reason it does. It's because when teams don't have answers for physical play, they get they just get outworked. They can't handle it. Like if you played hockey physical, like checking hockey at any point in your life, you know that you played teams that scared either you or your teammates fucking shitless, and it <laughs> definitely affected your play. And while obviously they're NHL players, it's like they're humans too. So, like, I just wish the narrative that, like, fighting's just there because of this old-timers code was gone. And people took it what it for what it is. And it's just hockey. Like, it's hockey. I couldn't and agree more. Want it. I couldn't agree more. I uh, I was messaging Southpaw on the side because uh, Southpaw was telling me that I was being a homer and stuff. And and I, I get it. And the cool thing about Southpaw is I broke down the situation for him. I'm like, hey, man, like I want your thoughts because I respect the fuck what you have to say, and I would be interested to hear what you say. And it, like, it came to a point where it was like middle ground, right? Like I talked to him, and I talked to Jayla Tulip, and like that's kind of when I realized the statement was kind of Mickey Mouse type shit. Like at first I was like really into it, and then I kind of took a step back, and I'm like this is as 2021 as it possibly gets. Like – you don't need a fucking statement. Like, just go out and do it. But then the other side of me is like, George Peros is a clown, and it's kind of refreshing to see somebody call him out for it. So it was, it was kind of like a, a catch twenty two kind of scenario. But like, I yeah, I completely agree with you, dude. Like, I, fighting belongs in hockey specifically because of these things. Like, and and like, and you're right, dude. And you even look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they might not have had a giant enforcer, but like, it sucks getting hit by Kalorn. And fucking Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman and Patty Maroon every single time you have the puck. Like, that sucks. And same with the Bruins team, dude. Like, that fucking, that line of Horton and Lucic and all those guys. And, like, every year, like, those teams have it. The only team I can really think that doesn't have something like that is, like, maybe the Penguins. But just because they don't have an enforcer doesn't mean they play hard. Like, they play hard as fuck. They finish their checks still. I mean, they're not overly physical and will, like, punch somebody in the mouth. But, like, they play the game the, the right way and they play hard, right? But like, look at the, look at the fucking 
look at the division the Rangers are in right now. Like, who does Boston have that can back it up? They have Lazan, Marshan will get into it. They have Trent Frederick. They have Jake DeBrusco get into it. Coyle will get into it. Nick Ritchie will get into it. I think I said Miller. Miller, like you guys have got Carlo will even do it. Like you guys have guys that'll do that. You look at the New York Islanders, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Martin, Ross Johnston, uh, JP Pajot will fucking drop the gloves. Uh, the fucking captain there, Anders, uh, is it Anders Lee? He'll yeah. he'll fucking fight. Calm and down. then who who's the other? It's uh it's Boston. Oh, the Caps, right? Tom Wilson, Brendan Dillon. They have all those like like those teams. I mean, I guess you could consider Matt Martin and like an enforcer, but like he still plays the game in a productive way. He's not just there to fight; like he can still play the game. Rangers didn't have an answer for any of those teams, especially in a seven-game series, which is weird because when they got eliminated last year, the thing that they said is they wanted to be tougher to play against. I, I maybe tougher to play against because they're fast and they're like wheeling and dealing with skill. But when I, when I heard that, I thought like, Oh, if you're going to punch us in the mouth, we're going to punch you twice as hard. And like, that's not what happened this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. And I think like the only way I would ever be okay with fighting, not being in hockey is if the players didn't want it. And exactly. they want it. And I think, and I think the point that a lot of people were missing to me anyways, what the Rangers were trying to show is like the reason fighting is in hockey and they have to do that is because the league doesn't enforce it properly. They can't trust the league with their health. Like they, none, of the, none of that shit would have happened if Tom Wilson had been suspended. That's a, would have been, it would have been over. It would have been a boring ass game. It would have been, it would have. And, and that sucks because like, dude, that game the other night was fucking sick to watch. Like I haven't been that jacked up watching a hockey game in forever. Right. But again, to me, it's just the whole hypocrisy of everything. Like, oh, we want to do this, we want to do that, and like you do the exact opposite, the exact opposite. And like I tweeted out, like when the, the fights were going on, I tweeted Department of Player Safety. I'm like, this is on you. And somebody's like, well, thank them because this game's sick. And I thought about it. I'm like, you're right, this game is sick. Like these guys are doing their thing. I guess I'm just sick and tired. NHL, stop telling me you give a shit about the players because you don't. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with the players policing it themselves. Just don't tell me the league's gonna step in and fucking do anything about it. Agree. Agree. I don't, anything else, dude? You want to wrap this up? Yeah, just thank you for letting me use this as a platform, dude. Um, and that's kind of what I what I got. I know hey. that talking for an hour and seven minutes on a Thursday night when you have to work tomorrow probably isn't the best thing to do, but appreciate you, Peter Peruka Appreciation Group. And, um, yeah, guys, that was the uh, the state of the New York Rangers. I'm in a New York state of mind